Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show. you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty. The Supreme Law of the Land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Our website's libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. And man, oh man, I hope you had a just a marvelous Christmas weekend, folks. I had a great weekend full of God, family, and country, full of the reason for the season. And I hope you did as well, because you know what? Man, if you didn't, you sure missed a wonderful opportunity. A wonderful opportunity to, to take away the stresses of the world, whether it be COVID, whether it be economics, whether it be just politics in general or the crazy world we seem to live in and the, the news you hear that's just discouraging and makes you just shake your head. You know, I, I hope you could take a step away from all that. So I had an incredible Christmas Eve. An incredible Christmas Eve, ladies and gentlemen. We focused on the story of Luke. We reenacted the um, birth of the Savior uh, with shepherds and wise men. And, you know, I kind of uh, thought to myself, you know, would you rather be a shepherd or a wise man? You know? What would you rather be? It's kind of an interesting question, I guess, right? But would you rather be a shepherd or a wise man? And I kind of thought, you know what? Um, I thought that I would be a shepherd. Rather than a wise man. Why, you say, huh? Would you rather be a shepherd or a wise man? I chose shepherd, and I'll tell you why. The wise men, I'm sure, were great people. But, but they had big money, obviously, to come bring the gifts uh, that they brought, the three gifts from the three wise men. They had money, right? Uh, or they had very fancy jewels or, or, or you know special things to give. The shepherds really had nothing to give. Uh, the shepherds spent their time uh, literally outside, uh, guarding the flocks. And, you know, a wise man, if you're not very careful, they say that a rich man and a wise man, somebody who's too learned or too rich, 
oftentimes they're the ones that have the biggest struggle getting into heaven, right? It's kind of like going through the eye of a needle, as they say. And I'm not here to criticize anybody who has wealth or who has wisdom. Uh, you know, those are wonderful traits if Jesus Christ is put first. But the shepherds play the role of the great shepherd. You know, the symbolism of the shepherd is how the Savior Jesus Christ leads his flock, we the people. Uh, it's compared to how a shepherd leads his flock. He loves them. He cares for them. He helps them when they're injured. He goes after them when they're lost. He okay, does all these things for his sheep. Incredible sacrifice. Well, that's compared to what the Savior Jesus Christ does for us, right? Anyway, so I've decided that I'd rather be a shepherd if I was back in the day uh, than a wise man. Just saying. See, I think about things like that, you know? I, I really do my best to think about things like that, and I, and I hope it makes some sense to all of you. So I've chosen, if I had to be a, you know, a shepherd or a wise man, I'd be a shepherd. I really would. All right, now, let's talk a little bit more about the Savior's birth, about Christmas. Uh, you know, I believe the real Christmas event took place in early April. If you go study, you know, the you know theology and, and the Savior's birth and everything else, I think it happened in the springtime. And so I believe Easter is more of the Savior's real birth than Christmas. However, the reason I celebrate Christmas is because I'll take any day to celebrate my Lord, any day to celebrate the sacred cause of liberty and Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and his eternal sacrifice, the atonement of his incredible resurrection, thus giving me not only the chance for life, but the chance to live with him again. Come follow me. He'll take my burdens and he'll take my sins if I turn them over to him. And what a wonderful doctrine. What a wonderful idea. What a wonderful chance for change, right? And I find that very valuable, very comforting, very strengthening, personally, right? All right, well, there, there, we read Christmas stories. I don't know if I mentioned this on the radio. I think I did. We read Christmas stories every single day of the month of December. Uh, and we read a Christmas story, and, and, and they're just incredible. I mean, I cry every time, even though I've heard the stories over and over and over and over. And uh, the, one of the stories that I really love that we read is uh, it's about the idea of the fourth wise man. And I don't know if, how many of you have heard this story or whatever else. And, you know, we don't really know how many wise men there were, right? Uh, there were many, at least according to the Bible, wise men that seeked the Savior, that read the signs and the stars uh, and, and watched for and waited on prophecy to be fulfilled, right? So we know that there were, there were more. We don't know how many wise men there were, I don't think. But anyway, the idea is this story of the fourth wise man, and it, it covers the story of this guy. I think his name was, was it Artemis. Anyway, and uh, he basically, the story starts out, the one that I read for Christmas, uh, is that this, this fourth wise man agreed with his friends about the signs of the times and said, as soon as we see the sign, I will hurry and hustle and join you, brethren, and then we'll all go together to seek the Savior. And long story short, he packed up his bags as soon as he saw the sign, and he went as fast as he could, and he, he just couldn't get there in time, so his friends left him. And then he was supposed to go across the desert all by himself, which he did, uh, and he kept following the Savior, uh, but he'd miss him every time. So he missed him in where he thought, Jerusalem. Then he went to Nazareth, and he was gone again, and then he went to Egypt, and then he was gone again, and then he 
came back to Jerusalem and, well, he thought he could prevent the Savior's death, but, of course, he couldn't. Um, that's the line of the story. He followed the Savior literally everywhere the Savior went uh, over time, seeking him, and it took 30-plus years or whatever it is. But along the way, uh, he had his own three gems that he was going to give the baby Jesus when he found him. But every time he would go along, he would have some event that would pause him on his quest. That's right, that would pause him on his quest. And uh, it would pause him for an act of service. So the first time it kind of mirrors the story of the Good Samaritan, where he finds a man on the road and uh, basically ends up giving away his first jewel to, to care for this man. And it delays him. That's why he missed his friends in the first place. And then second, he had the chance when he was in, uh, I think it's Nazareth. And um, he had the chance to protect a baby. So the Savior was already gone into Egypt, but he was able to protect a baby because Herod was coming to kill all males. And so he used his second jewel to protect a mother and her boy child. And then he used the third storm, uh, I'm sorry, the third stone to rescue a girl uh, who was going to be sold into slavery to pay the debts of her deceased father. And he gives this third stone, puts it in her hand, and frees her. And anyway, long story short, then he dies. But he dies just as the Savior Jesus Christ is carrying his cross up the hill. What, to the hill? Is it Golgotha? I think it is, right? So he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and then Gethsemane, and then he eventually carries his cross to Golgotha. And anyway, so this Artemis, fourth wise man, uh, literally um, saves this girl with his third stone, his third precious gift for the Savior. And when he dies, because of the destruction that takes place, he sees the Savior. And when he sees the Savior, he says, I'm sorry, Lord, I failed. I, I didn't, I wasn't able to meet you. I wasn't able to give the baby Jesus his gifts. I wasn't able to, I just spent my life running around. And the Savior says, no, come unto me. You, you win the prize, if you will. Bless you. Come unto me. You've done all that I've asked. And the fourth wise man says, where have I done all that you've asked? I, I, when you did all these things, you did them unto me, is the point of the story. And so it's an example. It's, it's not a real story in terms of factual biblical account by any means. But the idea is, are we all the fourth wise men? Are we all the ones that can serve those around us? And as we do so, eventually gain our own salvation. I am Sam Bushman. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. The 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Gentlemen, you are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, nationally syndicated, global reach on the internet, radio program, truth telling on your radio. So I'm telling you about this story. I got the name wrong, though. I said that it was Artemis. I'm wrong. The name is Artabon. It was the name of the fourth wise man in my story. Artabon is his name. So anyway, Artabon spent his life following the Savior physically from place to place, trying to catch up with him, never got there. Uh, but then died, and the account is that, you know what? In that you served those around you, you've done what I asked, to love your God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, and then love thy neighbor as thyself. Your neighbor is everybody you come in contact with, not your physical neighbor necessarily that you live by, right? Now, the person you live by certainly is your neighbor too. I'm just saying that it's beyond that is the point. The neighbor in the Good Samaritan story was not the guy's real next-door neighbor, right? It was the guy in the street that he knew not who it even was, for that matter. They were of different, quote, ethnicities, for that matter. Were they not? At least different regions of the country where they didn't like one another, at least historically. Do we serve those around us, ladies and gentlemen? Can we put ourselves in the position of the fourth wise man and say, hey, you know what? I want to follow Jesus Christ. 
Maybe not physically everywhere he goes, as the story articulates in the fourth wise man scenario, but I'm talking about in our lives. Follow him in word and in deed, ladies and gentlemen. How about that idea, huh? Can we follow the Savior Jesus Christ in word and in deed? Can we receive his image in our countenance? Can we be a disciple, a follower of Christ? I don't mean an apostle, one of the 12. I mean a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus, right? Can we be his hands on the earth? Can we change our lives and behave such so that we follow the Prince of Peace and in essence become peace-seeking followers of Christ? That would be the quest. That would be the hope. That would be the desire, at least I would hope, the desire of all of our hearts, right? Uh, anyway, so I tell you the story of the fourth wise man to kind of give an idea about where we fit in. You know what? We may not be in our bond. We may not have lived in the time of the Savior. But understand that this point that I'm getting, trying to get across has to do with how we live our lives. It has nothing to do with time and space and whether you have gems of great worth like the fourth wise man did or the first of the three. This has to do with I would choose to be a shepherd, not even a wise man. I'm not very wise, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, the older I get, the more I feel like I'm unwise or that I'm uh, lacking in wisdom. I learn how great God is. Uh, I learn the uh, knowledge of the world, and I have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things, you know, believe it or not. But it's pittance. It's nothing compared to the knowledge of God or the knowledge of the world as a whole, right? I'm like this big, tiny in the scheme of things. But even though I'm tiny, and even though it's easy to lose sight and think I'm a nobody, ladies and gentlemen, I am huge. Why? Not because of me. I'm not talking about physical size. I am huge because I am a son of Almighty God. Yeah, we're all sons and daughters of God, right? And as such, we have a godly heritage, as did the three wise men as did the shepherds, as did the fourth wise man story of the example I gave about Artabon. I know I said Artemis before, but it's Artabon. All right, we're huge because of the impact we can have as we follow Jesus Christ. Understand that he can make more of your life, he can make more of my life than we can. And so when you hear about the great people of the earth and the accomplishments they made, they will all, for the most part, there's exceptions, I'm sure, but they will all tell you that it was Jesus Christ, George Washington, for instance. He didn't take all the credit. He got down on his knees before his maker many a time and pled for wisdom and guidance and counsel and direction and comfort and strength, and Right? We must do the same in our lives, is the point. And then we must get up and go to work and seek. Baby Jesus says, Artabon did. And in that seeking, in that hard work, in that day-to-day, day-in-and-day-out effort, we forge who we become. See, it isn't so important to know where you were yesterday it is important to know where you are today and where you want to go tomorrow that's really important right 
like a compass. You got to make sure you're headed in the right direction. And you got to have faith in Christ and repent daily. Because as you do, you begin this great, slow change. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in an instant. It's kind of an inch by inch thing. It's a little bit like the train. I think I can. I think I can get to the top of the hill, right? It's a lot of hard work. But I'm telling you that if we put in the work to become true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we learn to follow and make our God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then we, well, let him become the captain of our souls, if you will. We literally then say, I'm going to do all that I can because that's what you asked me to do. You asked me to give everything and follow you, Lord. And as I do that, then the Lord, through his atonement, makes up for my personal failings, my inadequacies. My inadequacies. See, I'm a son of God in the spirit. My parents created a physical body for me on this earth, right? But Jesus Christ was literally the son of God in spirit and body. A big difference, ladies and gentlemen. So in no way am I saying I'm on par with Jesus Christ. I don't mean to assert such at all. But I do know biblically it says we're literally the offspring of God. And spiritually, that's true. And in the spirit, then, I need to turn towards my creator. And as I do so, then I gain this great, I'm not sure what words to use, but this great atonement, sacrifice, brought to my life by the Savior through love. It's love that allowed, or I should say that enabled his sacrifice. He did it willingly out of love for me. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, and even on the hill Golgotha uh, hanging on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. That means all of us too, not just the Romans at the time. It's all of us through history. We don't know what we do because if we really understood completely, we would never, never wound the Savior afresh. We would never add insult to injury, if you will. We would change. But you know what? We don't really understand. We learn line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. God's ways are not our ways, but his ways are to love us, to tutor us, to teach us, to lead us, to be the greatest shepherd of all. And that, my fellow Americans, is the story of the fourth wise man. And I hope we're wise enough to be shepherds in our own way, to where we lead people to Christ, to where we do our very best to set the example, to where we repent, have faith, to where we realize that it's about baptism and the receiving of the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's about these fundamental principles that put us on the covenant path as followers of disciples of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And in that commitment to be a disciple, we put our lives, our hopes, our dreams, our fears on the altar of the atonement willingly. And that's why Jesus says, come unto me, 
ye who are heavy laden. And I shall give you rest. He'll give us rest. He'll give us peace. He'll give us the chance to live again. Thus, the focus on the resurrection, not the dead Savior, but the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, is to whom we look for salvation, for liberty, ladies and gentlemen. That is what this whole radio program for the last 25 years plus has been about, the sacred cause of liberty. Merry Christmas. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Thousands of customers were without power Monday as a storm slammed the Pacific Northwest, forcing some highways in Northern California and Nevada to close. With travel warnings issued in the Sierra Nevada mountains, more than 6,000 flights worldwide have been canceled over the three-day Christmas weekend as airlines continue to contend with Omicron policies that are in place, creating staff shortages. A conflation of events. That's how Dr. Fauci on ABC News describes the latest COVID-19 test kit shortages in America. The situation where you have such a high demand, a conflation of events, Omicron stirring people to get appropriately concerned and wanting to get tested, as well as the fact of the run on tests during the holiday season. We've obviously got to do better. I mean, I think things will improve greatly as we get into January, but that doesn't help us today and tomorrow. USA Radio News. Here's a great thing to consider doing right now before the end of the year. Call MediShare and find out just how much you would save by switching to MediShare, the affordable alternative to health insurance. When you call, you'll get some good news and probably be very happily surprised, too. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. It's so worth it to at least find out. And you'll see why more than 400,000 people are already members. MediShare is a Christian community that shared more than $4 billion in each other's health care costs. It really is remarkable, and they're very easy to talk to. And here's the thing. If you join before the end of the year, they'll waive your new member fee. That's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second. The call, and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline is December 31st, so call now. You'll save even more. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. President Biden and First Lady Jill took part in a Santa Trucker event with NORAD officials on Friday to speak with callers tracking Santa Claus for Christmas. Father of four, Jared from Oregon, took a poke at the president. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> A Missouri woman is behind bars this morning. Police say a 32-year-old Missouri woman has admitted to killing her boyfriend on Christmas Eve with a sword, but they say Brittany Wilson explained she had to do it because she needed to set him free of the other entities living inside his body. They picked her up at her home in Cape Girardeau after she called 911 herself. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. The James Webb Space Telescope was developed by NASA with contributions from the European Space Agency and the Canadian Space Agency. The telescope is roughly 100 times more powerful than Hubble and is trailing Earth by about a million miles in a solar orbit around the sun. USA Radio News. 
Gentlemen, people are play, saying, Sam, why are you playing Christmas tunes, buddy? Don't you know Christmas is over? <laughs> yes, indeed, I know. But I want to hold on to the feeling. I want to hold on to the reason for the season just a little bit longer. I want us to think about Christmas, or at least the meaning of Christmas, and I want to reflect that in our thoughts and our actions a whole lot longer than Christmas Day, ladies and gentlemen. How about you? Ladies and gentlemen, I also want to say this. What a sad day it is, folks. Literally, Joe Biden, I don't even know how to describe what happened here. But here's what happened. Joe Biden was on a phone call with a bunch of people. Uh, And a father was on that call with Joe. And the father ended the call by saying, Merry Christmas. Let's go, Biden. And Joe Biden literally agreed and said, I agree. Let's go, Biden. I mean, let's go, Brandon. (laughs) I did that on purpose. He didn't say, let's go, Biden. He said, let's go, Brandon. And then Joe reiterated, let's go, Brandon. And so understand something, ladies and gentlemen. Literally, the president of the United States does not know what that means at all. Because he just, let's go, Brandon. The father said that. He said he didn't mean any harm, any malice, any bad. He just was trying to have fun and use his First Amendment and everything else. But Joe Biden literally said, I agree, let's go, Brandon. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you know what that means, right? We have the president of the United States literally saying this kind of stuff about himself. I don't believe at all clearly knowing what he's talking about or what he's doing. I mean, it's a sad tale in America. Is Joe that ignorant, really? I don't know. I just know this. Uh, In my opinion, shame on the parent for using it. And uh, sadly, somebody needs to pull the president aside, whether he agrees the president or not isn't the point. Somebody needs to pull Joe aside and say, Joe, I I wouldn't say let's go Brandon anymore if I were you, because here's what it means. It's a polite way some say to literally say f the president of the united states or f joe biden let's go brandon so literally the president on a phone call and now they're playing the sound bites in the news where joe biden is saying yeah i agree let's go brandon so joe biden saying yeah i agree f joe biden without even knowing it he's literally becoming the laughing stock of the world ladies and gentlemen so somebody needs to pull him aside. I don't know why they didn't pull him aside and explain this to him before, how they'd let him fall into that kind of deal. I don't know if this is intentionally done. I just don't know. I just find it to be the strangest thing, and I reject the Let's Go Brandon uh, message altogether. I don't like the message of running around saying F anybody. It's crass. It's rude. It's mean. It's unkind. It's not civil. 
in fact, if it's pursued, that viewpoint, I predict, will spill into uh, violence. Not that I want it to. I'm just telling you that's the end game with that kind of an attitude, right? I don't like any... I don't want any part of it, folks. I really don't. Anyway, I thought I'd bring that to your attention. A quick recap. This was Friday's show. We did a Christmas Eve live show. On Saturday, we were not live. Sometimes I'm live on Christmas, but hardly ever. I'm oftentimes live on Thanksgiving and other holidays, though, because I really want to spend as much time with you, our radio family, as I possibly can. Um, but you know, there's just some times where I've just got to give my kids and my wife and, uh, really the focus. Uh, but on Friday, the new year's, I'm sorry, the Christmas Eve day broadcast, if you will, we talked about the importance of agency and love. And we are with Chris Carlson who talks about without God, we can never win with God. We can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight, and we discussed all things liberty. We talked about Merry Christmas from your Liberty Roundtable team. Yes, we are live Christmas Eve day. And we uh, played Where Shepherds Lately Knelt. It was for the American Heritage Acapella Choir, a great rendition there. We also talked about Let Us Celebrate the Savior's Birth with Purpose. Then we had a little bit of levity from uh, Chris Carlson. He says, Sam, have you got your Donald Trump no action figure yet? From your favorite psychopathic Trump supporter. <laughs> it's guaranteed to satisfy constituents who demand excuses rather than results. It was a little bit of a joke <clears throat> about a Christmas gift that isn't real. But we talked about Donald Trump reveals his stripes. It is impossible for Donald Trump to be ignorant of the COVID conspiracy, but yet he pushes vaccines nevertheless because he doesn't want to save face and he wants to have a legacy. We then talked about this incredible story from Glenn Rosson called The Christmas Gift of Freedom. Does God care about human freedom? And the answer is a resounding, yes, he does. We talked about if you're not giving up, stand in the gap and do both carnal and spiritual battle. That's not meant to be violent. That's just meant to say, you know what, do all you can for the sacred cause of liberty. It is a culture war, and we're losing the moral high ground in America. Thus, even the President of the United States uses a slur against himself ignorantly. We finished, we finished the hour talking about the birth of Christ and the birth of America. Our link, Chuck Baldwin, that incredible article can be found on libertyroundtable.com. And in hour two of the broadcast, we talked about Fauci warns Americans not to invite your unvaccinated Americans or your unvaccinated relatives to Christmas. And if you have invited them, disinvite them, says Fauci. In my opinion, not a very Christian stance at all. Sam Bushman, I urged differently. I said, please look around you. Let's make sure that everyone has a place to go for Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, you decide which viewpoint is the Christian one. And I would hope you'd do likewise. If you have had COVID, by the way, you're likely protected for life, says Joseph Mercola. And believe it or not, there's a new study 
pointing this out as well. If you've had COVID-19, even a mild case, a major congratulations to you. As you've more than likely got long-term immunity. That's according to a team of researchers from Washington uh, Washington University School of Medicine. In fact, you might have immunity for life. That's the case with many infectious agents. And they're expecting, and their research shows that it's true for COVID as well. We then had our guest on, Dr. Scott Bradley, a miracle that he's alive and that he's with us on your radio, celebrating Christmas at home with his family. What a blessing that is. We talked about this North Carolina County Sheriff. It's called Columbus County. Uh, His name is Jody Green. He refuses to take down Bible verse in his office. Says he's afraid of burning in hell. Yeah, America's forebearers established a written covenant with God. We need to honor that covenant. We need to carry forward that legacy. We need to honor those covenants that our forefathers made on our behalf if we ever expect to restore liberty in this great land again. That is the key to the exercise, I'm telling you right now. Anyway, great, great couple of hours on Friday. That broadcast is still available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. All right, I want to play this phone call. We got it from the news. We isolated the soundbite. Here is Joe Biden himself, folks. All right, we'll work on getting that soundbite together here in a minute after the pause. Uh, We'll come back and play that. Uh, In the meantime, though, uh, you know what? I take copious show notes on all the different shows that we do. I do for a reason. Some people say, Sam, your notes are too detailed. They're too long. Just simplify it, man. Come on. It takes too much work. I do it for a bunch of reasons. One, because I want you guys to know where the stories that I talk about come from, where, where they are. Okay? And if there's a story that I can uh, let you know about where it came from, then I highlight that. If it's a story that's in a ton of news articles, sometimes I don't quote the uh, source because there's too many sources, right? So, for example, I'm going to have a story coming up here that will be from townhall.com. I want to give you where the stories come from. I also highlight a lot of this because I want to document so that if you're listening to a show, you can have a good idea where to go. You know, fast forward and rewind to listen if you're interested in just a specific part. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Isn't this great? Just the two of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone, no TV. Finally, we have a chance to just talk. I mean, how long has it been? Well, first of all, we should talk about your schedule. There are a few things that could use some adjusting, but overall, I think it's going all right. Basically, I think we're doing a pretty good job of communicating, which is good. You're doing a really good job of letting me know how you feel about things. I just, I want to keep the the lines open, if you know what I mean. Jerry, it's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Oh, I was, (laughs) I was just giving Emily a bottle. Who are you talking to? Emily. She's only three weeks old, and she's asleep. I know. I was just practicing. Family, isn't it about 
time? Isn't this great? Just the three of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hope you're all doing fantastic. We're talking about this Biden thing. I mean, you literally, with the, the Joe Biden thing, have a scenario where the poor president of the United States uh, literally ignorantly, as best I can tell, uh, literally um, says, F the president. It's kind of in a roundabout way, right? But how much the president really knows about what he said, I don't know. But you would think that somebody would help him, wouldn't you? You would think somebody would tell the president what was happening so he'd be savvy about this. But he kind of got trapped. He kind of got, I don't, I don't know what you call it, shanghai Now, the parent that did it said that he didn't mean any harm. Said I don't. I didn't really mean any harm. I just, uh, you know, wanted to use my uh, what do you call it? First Amendment rights, <laughs> whatever that means, right? And and I look at that and I go, you know, I believe personally that had to be a strategic, intentional. Mocking of the president. I'm not really fond of it. I, I think it was a shame whether this guy that's not the time to um, Put forth your First Amendment rights. Let's see if I can play this clip here. Here's Joe for Christmas Father of four Jared from Oregon took a poke at the president. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well uh, Merry Christmas and Let's go Brandon. 
Let's go, Brandon. I agree. A Missouri woman is behind bars. There you have it. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. The guy literally mocks the president. Now, the father, to avoid a attack, um, is kind of acting like, well, I meant well. I'm a good guy. I didn't mean any harm there kind of thing, right? But, folks, you can't be doing that. Now the poor president of the United States looks very, very, very foolish. We made a laughing stock of the president around the world. Anyway, I'd rather be a shepherd, ladies and gentlemen. I'd rather lead by example and say, look, I don't think that's something you ought to do to any president. I'm not fond of Joe Biden in any way, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not protecting Joe. I didn't vote for Joe, and I think Joe uh, got to be president under very, very concerning circumstances. I believe there was vote fraud and manipulation that got him there. He would have never been elected. Uh, I, I don't believe in Joe or his policies or anything else. I couldn't be more against Joe if I tried. From a political or a, an opinion or a viewpoint position, I couldn't be further from Joe. I personally believe Joe Biden is a criminal. And I don't think he's a legitimate president of the United States, not on appropriate moral grounds. But nevertheless, I don't want any harm to come to President Biden. And I'm telling you right now, I would certainly never make fun of the president and mock him in such a way as to make him look foolish on the national stage. Remember in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, we're taught. This is really important to understand. We're taught not to dig a pit for our neighbor. We're taught not to take advantage of somebody because of their words. You know full well if Biden knew what that meant, he would have never said, oh, yeah, let's go, Brandon, I agree. He wouldn't have done that. And if he did do that, what's the purpose? See, but if we're not careful, we end up digging a pit for our neighbor. We end up taking advantage of somebody because of their words. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't want to do that even to people that we're politically opposed to. That's not the coming together that Joe Biden says that he wants. See, Joe Biden, like Martin Luther King Jr., has great phrases, great words. I agree with a lot of them. I don't agree with their lives and what they really stand for. But, you know, I have a dream was an incredible idea that we judge someone on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. I couldn't agree more. Uh, if you study Martin Luther King Jr.'s life and you realize that's not even his real name, then you realize that he didn't really live the life of a, of a leader, of a pastor, of a preacher, uh, of a religious guy like he wanted you to believe. But I, but I agree with the words that he said. Well, same thing with Joe Biden. You know, I agree with a lot of what Biden's saying. Hey, we've got to stop, stop the vaccine pandemic. We've got to care for our neighbors and love people. We've got to come together. We've got to unite, as he said at the start of his presidency. I agree with a lot of those things. But I don't agree with uh, his carrying of that out, if you will. Right? But fascinatingly, I don't think that we need to take advantage of somebody because of their words. I think that, the, that this father, I mean, in a way, he couldn't have known what Joe would respond. But you don't say that on a call, Merry Christmas, and then literally say, Merry Christmas, F the president. And the president's like, I agree, man, F the president, or F Joe. What a disgrace at Christmas time. Are we digging a pit for our neighbor, ladies and gentlemen? Are we taking advantage of somebody because of their words? Is that what we've spiraled to in America? 
I pray the answer is no, but sadly, the evidence is a little bit too much in your face, is it not? The evidence is just a little bit too, whoa, right? In my opinion, that's of great concern. That's of great concern indeed. Wow. you! I want to mention this both hours, so I'm going to mention it now. I'm going to tease the topic a little bit and then dig in a little bit more next hour. But Dr. Ben Carson, on vaccinating children, this is really a giant experiment. Do we want to put our children at risk when we know that the risk of the disease is relatively small, but we don't know what the future of the vaccine risk will be? See, I commend Ben Carson. Why would we do a thing like that, he asks. Townhall.com is where the article comes from. And there's a soundbite that I'll play coming up regarding this. Next hour, we'll talk a whole lot more about the coronavirus. We'll talk a whole lot more about what's happening on airplanes. We've got a lot to cover in the show. But you know what? Rather than being so hardcore on the news right now, I want to focus a little bit more on the tenor of the nation. We've got to get rid of so much bread and circus. We've got to get rid of so much socialism. We've got to replace it with a belief in God. We've got to replace it with a strong view of and hope of and investment in family. We've got to work on the principles that made America a great country and focusing on those principles. That's where the solutions lie. So this next year, ladies and gentlemen, for 2022, I really want to make sure that we focus on truth. All truth. We seek for the truth. We embrace the truth. We glory in the truth. The truth shall make you free, we're taught, right? And so what is truth? What is reality? I submit to you that truth and reality are things as they were, as they are, and as they will be. Not a fantasy, not a made-up view, not my dream, your dream, or a hope from somebody else. Not a vision from an Obama or a Biden or a Clinton or a Bush or a Trump or anybody. You're not going to have personal saviors, ladies and gentlemen, trusting in the arm of flesh and the political solutions in Washington. That isn't where truth is found. Truth is found in the fundamentals of God, family, and country. What do I mean by fundamentals? I mean that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lives. And he loves his children. That's us. And he is engaged in the world. It's not a deist idea where he winds up the clock and walks away, kind of a God. It's a God that literally is involved in our lives. That he's interested in the one, in each of us. That he understands who we are better than we do ourselves. And he loves us. And he has a plan of happiness for all of us. 
We can learn where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. We can then apply that general knowledge that we get about God's love and about the Savior's sacrifice and about their clarion call for us to follow Christ and that we can live again. That is the key. What is this life for? Why are we here? What ought we accomplish while on this earth? Our short span of mortality. What ought we accomplish in that short span? See, one fundamental truth is that all truth or all things that are facts are not equal. And facts oftentimes does not equate to truth. You can point out a ton of facts and not even be close to the truth. The truth is beyond facts, ladies and gentlemen. The truth is very, very clear and simple. The truth is things as they were, as they are, and as they will be in a factual reality-based point of view. That is the truth. And the truth, ladies and gentlemen, encompasses all. It's not just a sliver. It's the whole picture. The Lord is the only source of real truth. The only source of all knowledge. The only source of all the facts. Facts that then equate to wisdom. Because just facts don't save you. Wisdom, faith, trust, hope. Those are the principles that can save you. Even Satan knows that Jesus is the Christ. Doesn't help Satan much, does it? Why? Because Satan chose not to follow Christ. Remember, he was the son of the morning, and he got cast out for rebellion. Understand that truth, because that provides the core for the battle on earth. Satan wanted to be glorified above God. Never going to happen. And now the war on earth continues that was started in heaven by those who wouldn't obey God. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I have a real truth-telling opportunity across the country to the whole world. For 2022, my goal is to focus on that truth like nobody's business. I want to be a truth-teller all the days of my life. Liberty Roundtable Live continues. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. We declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. If you like what we do, donate and help us, please. God save the republic. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. You say, Sam, why are you playing so much music? Well, the biggest reason, ladies and gentlemen, is I really want Christmas to last a whole lot longer than just Christmas Day. I want in our hearts and in our minds Christmas to last all year long. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Is that a bad wish to wish for Christmas all year long? I think not. In fact, I really wish, most importantly, we would behave as Americans like we want Christmas all year long, right? That's really important if you ask my opinion. It's something that we really need to strive for in America to have an increased effort towards civility. All right, our guest, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Tapskett. And Mark is with us from the Epic Times, and he's a congressional correspondent for the Epic Times, and he has an incredible piece about whether discipline in the House of Representatives has become politicized, and oh boy, uh, by Democrats, but I think it's by Republicans, I think it's by the whole body, at least when it comes to the swamp. Many Republicans, you know what, say they plan, well, to change the game. They want to gain the majority in 2022. And I support that, but only to a point. Every Republican won't do, ladies and gentlemen, because there's a lot of Republicans that are kind of moderate like the Democrats. we got to have real Republicans, Republicans that understand and obey their platform, Republicans who truly care about their oaths of office, about liberty, about financial fiscal restraint, and more. Mark Tapscott, Epic Times, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir, and Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Sam, and I certainly agree with you. It ought to be year-round. Amen to that. Now, I don't want presents year-round. I'll go broke. But the feeling and the thought and the behavior and the kindness and the respect and the all that is certainly needed sorely in America, not only um, in Congress, but everywhere, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we... Um... We, we really could use a big helping of, you know, we're all in this together, so let's help each other make it. All right. Now, you wrote an incredible uh, column in the Epic Times relating to Congress, really, uh, and about the punishment that people get. or It's really about civility or the lack thereof, right? Well, the fundamental point of the article is that at the beginning of the year, um, the Democrats in the House, led by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, made a decision that they were going to begin disciplining members of the minority party, the Democrat or the Republicans, uh, beginning with uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Greene. And she had made some statements, some of them going back 11 years, uh, that were, uh, according to Pelosi and company, were inappropriate, and therefore she should not be allowed to serve on committees. But hold on, hold on, Mark. Don't we believe in free speech? Well, that's a very good question. And yes, of course, we do. But for uh, Speaker Pelosi, that doesn't apply when you're a Republican, apparently. Well, shame on that view, uh, because I think the whole genius of America depends on this ability to have your free speech. Even if you don't like what I say, hopefully you agree with my right to say it. Because eventually, won't it come back on you? When I say you, I don't mean Mark. I mean Nancy and everybody else. Won't that just come back as a divisive no win? 
Well, that's exactly the point. And as it happens, uh, Congressman Tom Cole from Oklahoma, uh, who, by the way, I just happened to have gone to high school with many years ago. Oh, wow. Tom okay. made the Tom made the point on the floor during the debate on uh, whether or not to remove Green from uh, her committee assignments that, you know, Tom said basically if – and I pointed this out in my story – if you go down this road, the time will come when you're in the minority and the Republicans will do to you what you are doing to the Republicans today. You need to think about that. And, of course, the Democrats thought about it for about two nanoseconds and went right ahead and did it anyway. And that's really where the rub is, ladies and gentlemen. If Democrats politicize House discipline in 2021 and 2020, et cetera, which they did, you know what? The GOPers may look to 2023 to even the score. Uh, We don't want that, Mark. I don't see any good in that whatsoever. But that's about that's really what's about to happen, right? Well, it looks it looks like that could very well happen. Um, the odds are that the Republicans are indeed going to retake the majority, uh, certainly in the House and maybe also in the Senate. Um, and there is even now a big debate going on, an internal debate within the Republicans in the House. How do we respond to this? Do we? You know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, or do we um, take a higher road, as some of the Republicans suggest, and uh, not retaliate, just continue on uh, being civil to them and hope that, uh, you know, they'll get the message. I have a feeling that there is definitely going to be retaliation of some kind, and I suspect that the Democrats are going to, to regret some of the decisions that they've made in the past nine months. And I want to be very clear. Your article talks about, and this is interesting, a lot of times we think of history repeating itself, Mark. But in this case, you say America has never before seen a year like 2021 in the House of Representatives. And we're not just talking about January 6th. But in early February, Republicans warned Democrats that dire consequences would follow their unprecedented decision to move green, to remove green. So yeah. this is a serious shot across the bow. We've seen nothing but, in my opinion, vitriol since, right? Well, the the amazing thing about it, Sam, is that shortly thereafter, um, Pelosi made a statement that uh, regarding January 6th that the, quote, enemy is within the House. And understandably, Republicans heard that and said she's talking about us and she's accusing us by um, implication of being insurrectionist, which, of course, is nonsense. But then she ordered that there be metal detectors uh, at every door to the chamber of the House so that if you were a representative and you needed to go to the floor to participate as a representative, you had to go through a metal detector, the implication being you might be carrying a gun or a firearm of some sort. And a number of Republicans, for one reason or another, said, no, we're not going to do that. That's insulting. Or in one case, Congressman Louie Gohmert from Texas, uh, he had to go to the restroom, but 
and somehow or another, the Capitol Police thought he was evading the metal detector. The bottom line is that uh, Gohmert and Congressman Andrew Clyde and a couple of others, I believe, have sued Pelosi and the House Democratic leadership in federal court uh, on this metal detector issue. And beyond that, there's video of Pelosi and other Democrats also evading the metal detectors, but she didn't find them. She didn't find herself. The only people who got fined, and it was pretty substantial fines, $5,000 each, um, were Gomert and Clyde. So you have a double standard, obviously, at work here, and that's, that's the kind of thing that really turns anger into bitterness, and I think that's what's happening. And that's the kind of stuff, Mark Tapscott, that really uh, changes the game. Because traditionally, in the House or other places, you know, and if they wanted to have push for misconduct of somebody, it was typically done by either party leaders or, more recently, through an ethics committee with equal representation from both sides of the aisle. No House yeah. member had ever been removed for this kind of an idea about what they say on the House floor on the campaign trail or as a private citizen, that hadn't been done before. It was usually an ethics violation by action, uh, and it was fair in its, in its uh, delivery, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it is indeed unprecedented. And the one thing you can, you can say about the U.S. Congress, uh, from the very beginning, it has upheld a standard of respect that everybody who is elected to represent their district gets gets to make their say without having to worry about being silenced and that's that's what's at stake here and ladies and gentlemen the bottom line is they're ratcheting up allegation and fear is what's happening with serious repercussions that are partisan in nature mark tapscott with us epic times in seconds on your radio as a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. 
The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Tapscott, our guest from the Epic Times. He's a congressional correspondent, and he's watching this thing and going, whoa, wait a minute. Congressional correspondent basically saying, hey, you know what? Democrats have politicized House discipline to the point of, you know what? There's going to be blowback by the GOP in 2023 if they gain control. And I don't think it's good. And I mentioned that, you know what? This all started really kind of back in February. You know what? This big issue about, hey, these metal detectors by Nancy Pelosi. Look, Republicans were fined, but Democrats were not. It's as partisan as it gets. Well, there's a lawsuit now about this saying, hey, you know what? Does Nancy have authority to levy fines in a partisan way such as this? That's the lawsuit that's pending. But things really came to a head in November, Mark. This has gone on. You thought it might kind of dissipate and blow over, but no, it's ratcheting up, sir. It is indeed, and and over a, a an incident that really is kind of reflects poorly on on both sides. Congressman Paul Gosar from Arizona uh, put out a um, basically a cartoon that he clearly did not intend seriously, but it was very easily misinterpreted. Uh, it showed him <laughs> killing uh, Congresswoman um, AOC from New York, who of course is the um, socialist Democrat that uh, has gotten a lot of attention. And uh, predictably, uh, Pelosi and the House Democrats were you know, quite upset about that, and they removed him from his committee assignments. So here you have again, um, you know whether you, whether what Gosar said was was <clears throat> justified, whether it was imprudent, whatever. Um, traditionally, he would have been disciplined by the House Republican Conference, um, and not by the House Speaker and the House Majority, the Democrats. Um, it, it's just a, it, it's the kind of thing that where you get it going and where does it stop? And this thing has continued. Now the Republicans are debating among themselves. If we do go tit for tat, then the same thing that we warned the Democrats this year will be applicable to us next year. So it's it's a difficult it's a difficult situation to be in. Now, it gets worse, in my opinion, because the double standard is becoming so blatantly obvious that it's impossible to ignore, though. Even though I don't really want the Republicans to engage in um, lowering the bar, if you will, uh, stooping to the level yeah. of the Democrats on this partisan thing, uh, the problem is that it is so blatant. For example, the Democrat that literally slept with a Chinese spy 
is the one leading this thing kind of, right? Well, he certainly has a very prominent role in it. That's Congressman um, Eric Swalwell from uh, California who has admitted that he um, slept with a Chinese spy uh, before he was elected to Congress. But, I mean, my gosh, the guy slept with a Chinese spy, and he's on the Intelligence Committee, and he's leading an effort to to punish Republicans who – you know, it's it's maybe very imprudent to have a cartoon of yourself killing another congressman, but that's not sleeping with the uh, spy for the biggest adversary of the United States. So, yeah, the double standard is blatant and it's obvious, and it it destroys it it contributes to destroying the credibility of Congress. And if Congress ever becomes, you know, without any credibility with the American people then um, this country's government is in deep, deep trouble. Now, Mark, to me, whether you're on one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle, uh, in my opinion, there's one thing to put out a cartoon, which may not have been the wisest move, but there was no harm intended. It's pretty clear and obvious, even though the Democrats want you to believe uh, the mountain out of the molehill kind of an idea. Right. However, (laughs) when, when you have a Democrat that literally sleeps with a Chinese spy, that is literally on the intelligence committee for the greatest country on the face of the earth, the United States of America. Sir, that's a national security concern. That's not an opinion. That's not a partisan discussion. That is a serious, serious national security crisis, in my opinion. Well, he wasn't in Congress at the time. So, you know, he probably skates by on that basis. If he had done it as a sitting congressman, it definitely would be. Except for uh, what else don't we know about the sleeping of that spy? And if we go ahead and give him security clearance to be added to that commission or that committee later, what could be used against him? We still don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So I still don't absolutely. give him a pass even not, there. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be on the intelligence committee. My gosh. Um, but don't don't forget, Sam. You've also got other Democrats like Adam Schiff. Also but before we get to shift, though, the whole reason I focus on this, folks, is if we're going to be kicking people off of committees, but let this guy yeah. on that intelligence committee, we have lost our minds. One's a partisan yeah. debate, a tit for tat. The other one's a national security concern, whether it's as, it, yeah. it may not be as blatant as if he was sleeping with the spy while he was a congressman, but it's still who knows what might be held over his head, right? What might be held over his head and what kind of relationships has he had? Um, since then that he was introduced to by this woman who was a Chinese spy because they had a relationship that went for, um, I believe, several years. And the odds are very good that um, she connected him to other people who also represent national security problems. So you're absolutely right. This is a very, very serious problem. And frankly, um, that how the Democrats could ever have allowed him to be on the intelligence committee of all places is just beyond me. I agree. Anyway, I wanted to highlight that so our listeners really understand what we're talking about. This is not a tit for tat on Mark and Mike's part. This is a very serious concern. Kevin McCarthy, you were yep. mentioning, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Go ahead, um, sir. Well, I mentioned Adam Schiff. Oh, from, Adam, I'm uh, sorry. California. Yeah, Adam Schiff, who is another there's, Democrat. By the way, there's a lot of people in, in uh, this incredible article from Mark at theepictimes.com, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, Mark. Adam Schiff. Um, 
well, Adam Schiff uh, has been the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. The problem with Adam Schiff is he frequently does things, as he recently did. He takes evidence um, that he and, and his fellow Democrats are using against Republicans, and he alters it to make it say something that it doesn't say. And beyond that, at the very beginning, two years ago of uh, or three years ago, the Democrats, um, you'll recall, were accusing President Trump of um, in the RussiaGate scandal. Uh, he claimed that he had clear and obvious and direct proof that Trump was a tool of uh, the Russians. He's never produced it because, frankly, it doesn't exist, I'm sure. But he made the claim, and he should have been challenged by people in the media um, to, you know, okay, put up or shut up. If you've got the evidence, show us. He's never shown us the evidence. And that's, that's just irresponsible. That's the height of irresponsibility. But hold on. I think it's not only the height of irresponsibility, but I think it borders on libel and slander. Well, if you're the president of the United States, um, you're a public figure, so good luck. Yes, so we say that somehow we can relax those rules or guidelines because somebody's a public figure. But when you make claims that you are an agent of the Russians, yes, when it isn't true and there's no facts, that's beyond just, you know, I think you're a goofball, you're ugly, uh, you this, that. You know, you're making claims that literally damage the leader of the free world um, in, in ways that are incalculable, sir. So as much as he's a public figure and, yeah, they loosen the standards, I would say this is the whole reason that the libel and slander laws are put in place in the first place. You can't take something that's blatantly, patently false and make a claim that that creates such damage even to a public figure, sir, in this case especially when he has responsibility for relationships for the greatest country around the world, sir. This is a different level, is it not? Well, except for one fact, Congress in the Constitution has uh, immunity. A member of Congress cannot be sued for something that they say in Congress, and he said it in a committee meeting. So, you know, he he got a um, pass-go, go directly without going to jail um, card on this one. But my point in it hey, Mark, is can you stay that, with me just a little longer? Sure. I know we were going to let you go at 30 after, but this is just too good. Can you hang tight? All right, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, Mark Mark Tapscott with us. Epic Times. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Between 8,000 and 12,000 shipping containers carrying medical supplies to various parts of the United States are on delay of up to 37 days due to ongoing transportation congestion. That's according to new data from the Health Industry Distributors Association. They say medical supplies that arrived at a U.S. port on Christmas Day won't be delivered to hospitals until February 2022. 
A House Democrat slammed Vice President Kamala Harris as uninterested and uncooperative on the border crisis. Representative Henry Cuellar of Texas, whose district covers nearly 200 miles of the U.S.-Mexico border, told the New York Times he has been disappointed by his interactions with Harris, who was tasked by President Biden with addressing the migrant border crisis. Vice President Harris on CBS News Sunday defends her actions. I'm Vice President of the United States. Anything that I handle is because it's a tough issue and it couldn't be handled at some other level. USA Radio News. Trust may be a small word, but with huge ramifications. At Fellowship Home Loans, we want to be the mortgage lender that you trust. Fellowship realizes that trust is earned and can easily be lost. That is why we listen not only to the wants, but also strive to understand the need. Take a look at our Google reviews and our A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. But that's just the beginning. What matters is you. Give us a chance to earn your trust, not just your business. Fellowship Home Loans, 800-804-SAVE. That's 800-804-7283 or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. We will listen and put together a plan to help make your dreams come true. Fellowship Home Loans, 800-804-SAVE. That's 800-804-7283 or fellowshiphomeloans.com. Fellowship Home Loans, welcome Welcome home. home. Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender, MLS number 60134. The Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas next month is where the latest and greatest electronics for the next year will be displayed. Several companies have now pulled out of the convention over fears of Omicron. More and more companies have decided they will not be represented in Las Vegas, at least not firsthand, at the Consumer Electronics Show next month. Microsoft now, the latest to say it will only participate in the CES remotely without any physical presence because of the concerns about the rise of the fast-spreading Omicron coronavirus variants. Amazon, Google, Facebook, Twitter, and many other big companies have bowed out already. Before the Friday report that Microsoft will be at the CES only remotely, Consumer Electronics Show officials saying last week the event will still go on, though. It's scheduled on January 5th through the 8th with vaccination requirements, masking, and COVID-19 tests available for in-person participation. And from the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. We are USA Radio News. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Tapscott with me. He is a congressional correspondent to the Epic Times. Incredible column he wrote. Democrats politicized House discipline in 2021. Are the GOP going to retaliate in 2023? I pray the answer is no, because I see this um, really heading down a road that there's no good that can come from it. First off, it'll paralyze Congress. The trust that the American people have for Congress will go lower than it already is, which I don't, I don't see how that can be, but it will. Uh, and the problem is that as people lose trust in Congress, um, then where do we go? Our government's in real trouble. The problem, though, right before the break, I highlighted with Mark, hey, you know what? Can Adam Schiff, can Maxine Waters say the things they're saying and then let this double standard go? And the answer is yes, because they control, so they can do whatever they want. They can partisan punish as they choose. And if you bring up libel slander and say you can't say or do that, yes, they can. They got a pass go card. Uh, this really kind of highlights the problem, doesn't it, Mark? Yeah, it does very much so. And um, 
but but the the solution under the Constitution, of course, is election day. And if the, the voters of Adam Schiff's district want to have an irresponsible congressman like Adam Schiff, that's one thing. But you know, let's not put him on the intelligence committee and make him the chairman of the intelligence committee if he's going to be making irresponsible statements like that that he can't prove. Um, and I, that's that's one of the reasons why, one of many, many, many reasons why it appears that Republicans are going to have uh, retake the majority uh, in November of 2022 and quite possibly by an historic margin because Democrats, according to uh, Douglas Schoen, uh, who is a Democrat strategist himself and a very noted pollster, his most recent survey shows that uh, the majority of Americans hold the Democrats in Congress and President Biden responsible for the fact the country is in as bad a shape as it is right now. So, you know, the, the founders were wise in making sure that we have an election every two years to, re- to replace the uh, House of Representatives because that gives us all an opportunity on a regular basis to um, to make choices about who we want speaking for us in Congress. Ladies and gentlemen, it's up to us. <clears throat> and you might say, ladies and gentlemen, that, uh, you know, well, we don't have control of the elections. I understand that, but there's a lot we can do at the ballot box. If we, uh, you know, get involved, there's, I don't believe that it's over. I believe we can do things on the very local level, the county level, the precinct level, that can make a difference. Maxine Waters speaking out very boldly to the public in violent ways. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant... She, she absolutely encouraged um, democratic activists. and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And Mr. President... We will see you every day, every hour of the day, everywhere that we are, to let you know you cannot get away with this. Thank you so very much. So she literally speaks to a crowd. Uh, Is she protected there too, Mark? No, she's not. That was not stated in Congress. And that that was incitement to violence, pure and simple. And in my view, that that at least merited censure by the House of Representatives and more appropriately would have been to refuse to seat her. I don't see that happening the way things are now, but um, left to uh, me, if it was my decision, I would have I would have censured her at the minimum. But Republicans didn't seem to do much, did they? Well, they couldn't do a whole lot on that in that case because um, they didn't have enough numbers, and there were some people within the Republican Party who would have opposed it. Your your comments in your opening about um, some Republicans are just moderate Democrats with a different label on them uh, is very true. Ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of the, kind of the situation we face. I know we like to be critical, uh, but a lot of times people's hands are tied. Uh, even though we don't think they are. And that's why I started out this whole broadcast with Mark highlighting that we don't just need Republicans, folks. 
because a lot of them are part of the swamp and they're betraying us. Every time we get close on something, we get betrayed by a swamp monster Republican that goes against us. Just look at the uh, passage of the increased spending that just took place. Hey, it was Republicans that sold us down the river. Okay, same thing here. We've got to not only elect good, honest people, but people who um, really obey their party's platform, who really keep their oaths of office, Mark. And that's really the yep. point of the whole article. Because if we do, we can go about our business and take action to restore the country, to protect the country, uh, etc. Put people on committees that will have fidelity to these things. Um, and we won't need to worry about this too much. But if we just elect any old Republican, we'll be in the same boat we're in now. Well, a Republican Party made up of um, people like Liz Cheney uh, is not a Republican Party. And it's, it's that simple. So um, I'm, I'm very optimistic, Sam. I really have a tremendous faith uh, in the, the, the wisdom of the American people, and we typically get right down to the worst possible moment, but then we make the right decision. And I think that uh, in, in November 2022, an awful lot of Americans are going to go to the polls and say, I've had enough, and they're going to make the right decision. I certainly pay you right because we need it, man. We I don't know if we can handle uh, another year of this plus uh, from Biden and crew. They're literally, in my opinion, um, taking apart piece by piece everything uh, that we hold dear. That's true. Um, but if you have a Republican House majority that has some spine, you can stop most of that. Uh, and what will then happen is Biden, President Biden, will uh, use executive orders rather than asking Congress to approve what he's doing. Uh, and then the battle will shift into the federal courts. And that's a whole different story. Ladies and gentlemen, all I can tell you is this. There's a lot of good things happening. Most of it's behind the scenes, and the media will not let you know about it. That's why we have Mark and others on your radio to highlight what's going on. You know what? Somebody in the media who's willing to literally tell you, hey, we've got kind of a bad thing going on here about this battling back and forth, politicizing the House. We need to stop it. We need to rise above it. We need to elect people who will go about the people's business in a meaningful way. That can happen in 22 if the people get the right information. That's what the Epic Times, uh, really, that's the whole purpose of the Epic Times to be truth-tellers, to give everybody the truth, let people decide for themselves. We have confidence, Mark, as you wisely pointed out, that, you know what, if we can get the truth in the hands of the people, they will make the right decisions. Yes, absolutely, and that is precisely the purpose of the Epoch Times. Uh, we do our best to report the news as factually and as uh, straight as we possibly can. Uh, you know, we've all got our opinions. Sam, you've got yours. I've got mine. We all do. But when I sit down to write a news story, I have to present all of the facts to the best of my ability. And that's what all of us at the Epoch Times strive to do every day. Ladies and gentlemen, there he is. Mark, we sure appreciate you. We appreciate your column. We appreciate the heads up on this. Last, what can we the people do to help make sure that this divide doesn't just continue to fester, but yet we can grow beyond it because that's what we've really got to do is hold the moral high ground right the, the most important thing that any american could do right now is to pray number one uh, pray that god will 
uh, open the eyes of many people to see what's really happening. And the second thing is to get involved. You know, we have the greatest government that's ever been seen on the face of the earth because every one of us has a voice in it. And if we don't take advantage of that, people who have uh, very, very different views than we do, they will be making decisions that uh, we ought to be speaking up about. So get involved, and that's on the local level, the state level, the federal level. Get involved and make your voice heard. That's the most important thing. Ladies and gentlemen, pray and get involved at every level. Sound advice, ladies and gentlemen, from Mark Tapsket, congressional correspondent for the EpicTimes.com. Mark, thank you. You are very welcome, Sam. Let's do this again sometime. Roger that, sir. We appreciate you. There he goes. Mark doing a phenomenal job. Ladies and gentlemen, these are poignant issues. But I'll tell you what, we the people have incredible wisdom, and we've been in tight spots before in America many a times. If you don't believe me, ask General George Washington, right? But every time, if we turn to God Almighty, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. We thank the Epic Times. They provide some of the best interviews ever. Quick pause. Sam Bushman Live. Liberty Roundtable on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Would you rather be a shepherd or a wise man is the question I asked the first hour. 
And now I'm trying to write notes, and I'm trying to say, <clears throat> Sam tells the story, right? Uh, the story of the fourth. <laughs> what would it be? Fourth wise man? Or wise man? Wise space M-E-N? <laughs> anyway, very strange. I'm trying to work on my notes, and I'm literally having trouble here. I wish I was a... <laughs> a little more educated there, you know? Anyway, Mark Tapscott doing a phenomenal job on your radio for the Epic Times. Democrats are politicizing House discipline in 2021. GOPers, if you will, might retaliate. Even the score in 2023, Mark Tapscott. Is that good? I don't think it's good. What are we to do, I asked Mark at the end of the interview, and he said, pray and get involved at every level. Amen to that. Pray. Get involved at every level. That's what we got to do in America, ladies and gentlemen. That really is what we need to do. All right, I mentioned right before the end of the hour, last hour, about Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson on vaccinating children. He says it's insane. Why, why, why would we ever do that? It's a fair question. And I think that he's being very wise and prudent. One of the top surgeons in America, literally doubling down, going, why would we do that? That doesn't make sense. We shouldn't do it. I couldn't agree with Ben Carson more. Uh, here's Ben's comments, then I'll talk about them. Dr. Carson, you headed the pediatric neurosurgery uh, unit at John Hopkins, uh, Johns Hopkins. Do you agree with the CDC's decision to vaccinate children uh, 5 to 11 with the Pfizer vaccine? Uh, absolutely not. The fact of the matter is uh, the mortality rate for children uh, from COVID-19 uh, is 0 0.025, which is very similar to the rate for seasonal flu. And we haven't been for years and years going through all these uh, things for seasonal flu. Uh, plus, we don't know what the long-term impact of these vaccines is. So this is really sort of a giant experiment. Do we want to put our children at risk when we know that the risk of the disease to them is relatively small, but we don't know what the future risks are? Why would we do a thing like that? It makes no sense whatsoever. And also, you know, getting to this whole ideal of uh, natural immunity. Uh, there have been a number of studies that have shown that it is very, very effective. Uh, you look at the Cleveland Clinic study, 1,300 of their healthcare workers who had been previously infected, none of them got reinfected. So I, I know the CDC is coming out with their recommendations and, and trying to spin yes. things their way. But, you know, we ought to look at all of the data. And then, you know, with the finances, just one, th one more point. To count to a million, it would take you 12 days. To count to a billion, it would take you 31 years. To count to a trillion, it would take you 31,000 years. Unbelievable. So uh, just to put that in perspective. Think about that. To count to a million would be this. To count to a billion would be that. To count to a trillion would be that. I mean, it's just unfathomable, uh, the difference. Why is he saying that? Because we're talking about deaths, right? Ladies and gentlemen, we don't even have a million deaths yet from the COVID. We've had about 400,000 in 2020 and about 400, little over in 2021 kind of a range, little over 800,000 deaths they claim. But we don't even have evidence that those numbers are factual at all. Okay, we don't. We know that about 3 million people to 4 million people die every year in America. 
And so when you have 400,000 out of about three to four million, you're talking about what, 10% maybe of Corona? At some point, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to step back from this and not act like this is such a gargantuan crisis. Ben Carson's points are so wise. All right, he basically says, look, this is really a grand old experiment. Why would we take a chance when it's literally a quarter of 1% that these children get infected, much less die? It's less than that when they die, okay? We've had very few children die. Why would we take a risk on vaccinating all of them? Because whacked out Fauci says so? Ben Carson, Scott Atlas, many other critically acclaimed, Pierre Corey, many critical acclaimed physicians are saying, let's not go down this road. All right, for example, and this is very interesting, a virologist whistleblower says COVID-19 was intentionally created in a Chinese lab. Her name is Dr. Li Meng Yan. Dr. Yan joined Tucker Carlson several months ago, by the way. Let me repeat that. Joined Tucker Carlson several months ago and said that China's government intentionally released COVID-19. Yan said more evidence would be released. But she pointed to her own high-ranking position at a World Health Organization reference lab as a reason to trust her allegation. She says, my work in the WHO reference lab or WHO reference lab, which is the top coronavirus lab in the world. It's in the University of Hong Kong, and that's where she worked. Well, anyway, she fled to America, and you, uh, she's released more information. And what the mainstream press is doing is ignoring it. Other physicians are saying that it's, that it's shoddy and poor-reviewed and not factual. But when you add that to all the other evidence that Fauci literally knew that there was a great chance that it was leaked from a lab or intentionally released, but he chose to say no, it came from a, a, a bird flu, or it came from a you know wet market or whatever. And then we, a year later, caught him lying, and he knew, according to the emails. Well, this lady, this Dr. Yan or whatever, basically says, hey, the emails prove that I'm telling you the truth. Well, here's the point. Whether she's telling the truth or not, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a virologist. I'm not... Uh, any of these things. But here's what I do know. Tucker Carlson came out with this a couple of months ago, folks. And she said she'd be releasing more information. Have you heard any debates about this? Have you heard any of the information coming forward that she released? Well, as far as I understand, she did release her information. So a whistleblower literally says, hey, it was created in a Chinese lab intentionally. And you know what? She joins Tucker Carlson, one of the biggest news makers in America, on Fox. China government intentionally released COVID-19. And she said more evidence would be released. And I look at that and I go, okay, think about this for a minute. If that did get released, whether we debate it and say that it's baloney or not, why aren't we hearing both sides of this? Why is every doctor that disagrees with Fauci Trump and Biden, why are they shut down completely? Trump's supposedly getting a new media organization set up, right? He keeps talking about it. I've never seen it. They even claim it's being shut down before I even get a chance to join it, that it's even up and running. 
And all that while, they begged for money. But meanwhile, what I find interesting is where's Trump to advocate for Ms. Yan and say, hey, let's have an open discussion. Ben Carson says, I don't think we ought to give these vaccines to kids. Well, Ben was in Trump's administration. Does Trump think we ought to give vaccines to kids? Dr. Ben Carson sure doesn't. Okay, and, and so you start to look at this and you go, where's the open discussion and debate? Why are the whistleblowers at every turn just mocked and ridiculed and shut down and everything else? There's a shock story out of New Zealand now. Shock, doctors given bonus. That's right. Doctors given bonus to euthanize severely hospitalized COVID patients. Turns the Ephesus of Medicine on its head, ladies and gentlemen. Live Action News is reporting this headline. The New Zealand government has announced that patients admitted to the hospital for COVID-19 can be killed via euthanasia. That's according to Scoop. Doctors, believe it or not, receive a government fee of $1,000 plus expenses for each person they kill through euthanasia. Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe this is really happening? This is just shocking. So while Sam Bushman is saying, hey, let's be kind even to Biden and others. Let's have a clarion call for civility. Let's not take advantage of people because of their words. Let's uh, jettison this divide in America that Mark Tapskett, congressional correspondent for the Epic Times, is highlighting. Let's back away from that. Let's find a way forward that's peaceful and kind and respectful. You got Dr. Ben Carson saying, look, let's look at all the evidence. Let's look at all the solutions. Let's look at all the ways to help people. And then you got a virology whistleblower that literally says, hey, this was intentionally leaked from a lab and intentionally created. Fauci said, no, it wasn't. And he lied for a year. But we're supposed to trust Fauci over this Chinese virologist? Where's the healthy debate about her information? Whether it goes her way or not, I don't know. But I know the healthy debate is vital. They've squelched. They've shut that down. She's just mocked and ridiculed as a quack. But everybody that disagrees with Fauci is now dubbed a quack, right? From Pierre Corey, who testified before Congress. Now you find out the doctors are given a bonus of $1,000 to literally kill COVID patients in New Zealand. Right? Yeah. Now Biden's administration, he basically came out last week saying, I'm going to get tests in the hands of everybody. I'm going to order 500 million tests or whatever it is and get them in the hands of everybody. But you know what? um, Biden's lying to you again. Turns out the Biden's administration rejected a proposal back in October that would have provided rapid at home COVID tests to Americans in anticipation of a surge in the holidays or a surge during the holidays. He was given a proposal to do that and he rejected it. That's according to Vanity Fair, a very liberal organization. Yeah. They rejected the proposal. There you have it. I thought I'd bring that to your attention. Now, a Navy ship stuck in port due to the COVID outbreak, the USS Milwaukee, temporarily unable to sail. Yeah. They had a fully vaccinated crew, ladies and gentlemen. 
Everybody was vaccinated, but it broke out. Fully vaccinated Hull in America cruise ship turned away after COVID-19 test positive reported. And now there's another headline that says three different ships going out of Florida in recent days have been stopped because of the coronavirus. So what you've got is on planes and on ships with mostly, if not all, vaccinated people literally breaking out in coronavirus after coronavirus after coronavirus infections. So this idea that breakthrough infections are rare now turns out to be a lie. If you don't believe me, ask the pilots that are all calling in sick even though they've been vaccinated, canceling over 4,000 flights over the Christmas weekend globally and well over 1,700 in the United States. And then all these ships being called back. And you go, the breakthrough infections are not rare like they claim. They lied again, and the evidence proves my point. Wow. Our prayers are for the greatest country on the face of the earth. Truth-telling is what we do best. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Donate if you can. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.